Welcome back to the David Lynch Show. Joe Person is one of the best writers out there on the NFL from A to Z, and of course, more specifically, on the Carolina Panthers. He's been on that beat for a long time nowadays for The Athletic Carolina, an amazing website to which I also am a contributor. I do so occasionally. He does so routinely, regularly, and sometimes even every day. Last night, the final score didn't matter so much. Patriots 10, Panthers 3. But it mattered a lot when Cam Newton lift, limped off the field after completing a few throws but also getting hit around a little bit. We do have a verdict today from the Panthers GM, Marty Herney, and we do have Joe Person as he prepares to step onto an airplane. Joe, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? What's going on, buddy? I'm doing great, man. My left foot was a wonderful 1990s movie <laughs> uh, with an inspirational Irishman born with cerebral palsy who ended up being a beacon of the community. Uh, Cam Newton's My Left Foot story is more of a nightmare, right? Wh where do we stand? Well, it could have been worse. But, yeah, first of all, you've got to be the only uh, commentator or uh, critic in the country who just equated Cam Newton to My Left Foot movie. Hey, squeeze <laughs> you squeeze that in to your The Athletic coverage, and I won't say a peep. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want a drop of credit because you've been so good to us. Go ahead. No, but listen, they really did dodge a bullet. You know, last night, you didn't really know the extent of it. Um, obviously, Cam Newton leaving last night in a walking boot. But, but even even last night, it was that the feeling was, you know, cautiously optimistic. And but sometimes you go and, and you know when they say sprain. That's just sort of ruling out a, a like major break. And so you wondered if the MRI might have shown like the Jones fracture, which is what, of course, Greg Olson has dealt with for two years, or the, uh, Liz Franck, which Ryan Khalil. Anyway, turned out x-rays were clean. The follow-ups were clean. He does have that midfoot sprain, which I'm sure you've, you've gone over. But um, I think he'll play week one just but. But you never know. I mean, he, he missed week one in 2014, which was the last time he got injured in Foxborough in a preseason game. So uh, they've got uh, they've got some issues if Cam Newton can't go because that this, these backup quarterbacks and the rest of the offense does not look good. Joe Person with us. He played college football. He knows the game inside and out. You can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person. Find his work at theathletic.com and the Athletic Carolina. I'm sure much of what you would say about the Panthers' one and two start would fit into the shrug your shoulders, it's just the preseason category. What does not get brushed aside in your eyes? What What is more of an alarm bell or a red flag as the Panthers try to build a playoff team? Well, yeah, right. I mean, the first two weeks, I'm almost, uh, you know, willing to flush that because none of the starters played, right, or played very minimally. But last night was like the quote-unquote dress rehearsal, yeah. and they bombed it. Uh, I mean, like, even as simple as uh, – like, for, let, let's, let's go over the play where Cam got hurt. Um, was not really – there had been some uh, protection breakdowns earlier in his first couple of drives. That wasn't the case on that play. That was a case of Curtis Samuel, D.J. Moore, uh, and, and, and others not getting open not with Cam not having anywhere to throw the football and him taking a coverage sack. Now, some of that's on Cam Newton. And 
especially in a game in August, he I, he should have spiked the ball at his feet and taken a grounding penalty yeah. and gone home. But but so the fact that those guys, we've talked, you and I've talked before. I know Dave that this, there's a lot of potential in this receiving crew, receiving core. There's not necessarily what you'd call a sure thing. Uh, maybe that was just a, a you know kind of a, a one night blip, but. And, and let's say, too, Christian McCaffrey looked good in his, his yeah, limited yeah. time last night. He ran the ball, did all the things that, that Christian McCaffrey does. But and, and then the protection issues. I mean, Chris Manhurst, is, who's is on this team because of his blocking ability, is the number two or three tight end. He whiffed on a, uh, on a protection that got Cam hit on the second series before he got hurt. So those kind of things were probably the most alarming in my eyes uh, for, for, as I said, what was supposed to be the, the tune-up. When we merge both preseason camp more generally, but also whatever you've seen through these three preseason games, if you were to hand out sort of glass-half-full awards, you, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey looking great. I mean, he's sculpted physically. It's amazing he looks even better than he did last year. He looked good last night in his first uh, appearance on the field in a preseason game. Curtis Samuel has gotten a lot of rave reviews. Brian Burns has, what, four sacks in three games as a first-round draft pick. You know, are those three guys on your list, and who else would be in contention? Well, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth with Brian Burns, that kid has looked every bit uh, like the difference maker impact type dude that they thought he would be when they got him in the first round out of Florida State. He's very, very quick first step. He just shows all kinds of athleticism. You know, he made a play last night where he's like running the, a, a guy down from the backside, pops the ball loose, forced fumble, and, uh, you know, again, one as you said, one of the one of the few bright spots last night. I mean, Daryl Williams is a guy who probably hadn't gotten enough uh, credit for coming back uh, uh, from a pretty devastating knee injury last year. There were all kinds of question marks uh, on Daryl Williams across the league to the point where, you know, he went out, I think, thinking he was going to get a pretty decent free agent payday, and he had to come back to Carolina on a one-year prove-it type deal. He has played well this offseason excuse me, this preseason, which has allowed them to kind of slow the the growth process, the learning process of Greg Little, the second round, uh, probably the left tackle of the future. So uh, Daryl Williams is, is certainly worth pointing out. Uh, you know, I, 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 I want to see more from Ian Thomas. I, I just think that kid has a world of potential as a receiving tight end. We saw it in glimpses last year. He, he did have the rib injury in the first preseason game, which took him out for the better part of a week and a half. But i like to see him take the next step in his development. Last thing for Joe Person as he jumps on a plane, remember to find his work and that of his colleague Jordan Rodriguez, another regular guest on our show at theathletic.com and The Athletic Carolina. When I think of the depth chart and the guys who are likely to be on the field if healthy, I still think this can be a very good football team, but I wonder about the secondary. And I, I actually like uh, James Bradbury, and I think Dante Jackson can be really good. I think Eric Reed has stabilized safety. After that, it's kind of hoping late signee Trey Boston fills the other safety slot. 
Rashawn Golden didn't even travel to New England. I mean, what the heck is up with that, with a guy who is supposed to be part of the solution? Because, you know, in many snaps, Ron Rivera is throwing five DBs out there in his 11-man unit. And, and I'm just not sure that unit looks as well-rounded as most of the others the, parents, the, the Panthers have right now. Yeah, I mean, their their front seven should be pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think, and we haven't even really seen much of Gerald McCoy yet. And uh, but, 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 yeah, the two guys you mentioned to me, uh, or two of the guys you mentioned, Trey Boston and Rashawn Golden. You know, Boston comes flying up last night, missed a pretty critical, as critical as it can be in August. He missed an open yeah. field tackle, which you can't do at that last level of defense. And, and, you know, there's a reason he was unsigned until August. Yeah. You know, but he, he has a history of he'll, he'll get the picks, but he'll give up a lot of big plays. We saw that in practice last week. He and Cam Newton very, very uh, noticeably and loudly going at it at practice with the trash talking, like to the point where it was, you know, starting to have an edge to it, like the old Josh Norman days. So either Cam or Norv Turner or some combination, I think, honest to God, I think they, like, drew up a play in the dirt to shut Trey Boston up, which is exactly what happened when Cam completed a deep pass right over his head. So, you know, you want to see him shore things up. And then, yeah, Rashawn Golden, you know, he leaves practice last week. There's no real explanation given. It very clearly was not injury-related. And then last night, not on the trip, Ron Rivera only saying that it was coach's decision not related to performance. So that's not good. No. You know, I don't know what don't know what's gonna come of that, you know, in, in the coming days and weeks. But yeah, I, I'm with you. If there's an Achilles heel on that defense, it's absolutely the secondary and uh you know, we haven't even mentioned the nickel position. So uh, you're right. I think there's some concern there from Ron Rivera. Joe Person, get on your plane. As I remind folks that I believe it's still active, this week there is a, I think it's a 40% off sale at The Athletic Carolina as that website celebrates one year, a one-year anniversary of really brilliant work led by guys like Joe. Thanks for the visit, man, and uh, safe travels. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend, Dave. You too. 1-800-849-2761. I will, as promised, get to Dan and Chapel Hill on college football. I will, as promised, give you more of the best of Washington State philosopher king Mike Leach. Mike Leach on Cats earlier, the felines, not the movie. Mike Leach's wedding advice. He's a different dude, eccentric, if you will. He's unafraid of non-football questions. He's got a great sense of humor. And we'll give you more of the best of Mike Leach. He's been one of the more fun guests on our show over the years, and he is still spitting pearls of wisdom as the head coach at Washington State. More on Miami's game against the Florida Gators in Orlando tomorrow night as the college football regular season gets underway. More on the NFL. I think Peter in Wilmington has another correct answer to our question of the day, or as close to a correct answer as you can get. Is there an NFL team that would make the playoffs this year if it had to use its backup QBs for a big chunk of the regular season or even more? Not a lot of correct answers. Either the team's not good enough, even with its first stringer, or the second-team, third-team QBs just can't be expected in most cases. I mean, the Patriots may be so good again that their backup could pull it off. 
It's not a long list. The Panthers are not on it. And that's why everybody is cheering that they dodged a bullet with Cam Newton's mild left foot sprain. More of those calls on those topics. You can take us elsewhere. It is free for all Friday. We are halfway to Margaritaville, and we are following your lead. Questions, comments, complaints, prognostications, it's all fair game. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us. The best of Mike Leach, wedding advice. You don't want to miss it. Dan on college football, Peter on the NFL, and you can take us elsewhere. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Have you always worn cargo shorts as a coach? That... Yeah, so for the pockets. Yeah, yeah you always have pockets. You... I don't understand those nylon shorts. You know, you jog around and your stuff flaps all over the place. <laughs> I, you know, I've never liked those. How many pairs of cargo shorts do you have? Uh, difficult to say because now it's kind of where they, you know, they'll give them to me. Or Nike will say, here, check these ones out type of thing. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are coming right back to your calls. We appreciate Joe Person for dropping by after covering Panthers at Patriots last night. Cam's injury is described today as a mild one, mild left foot sprain, expected to be okay for the Rams season opener. That one is in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Certainly not an easy opponent. We have a floating question of the day that has gotten some good answers. It looks like the Panthers will not have to rely on a backup QB to start in the regular season, at least for now. We saw how that went late last year when the Panthers started a season looking good with Norv Turner piloting the offense from the press box and Cam Newton doing so in that new offense well on the field until he hurt his shoulder. Didn't work out as well after that. That's how it usually works in the NFL. There are no serious Seahawks fans who believe that Geno Smith or Paxton Lynch could take the Seattle team into the postseason the way you might expect Russell Wilson to do so. That's the standard around the NFL. You wouldn't ask Kyle Allen or rookie Will Greer to take the Panthers to the postseason, no matter how many other good pieces there are, Luke Keekley, healthy Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and otherwise. The overwhelming majority of teams in the NFL have no chance if they have to use their backups for the bulk of the season at the most important position on the field. You have found a couple of good exceptions to the rule I'll buy Teddy Bridgewater with the Saints former NFL starter now behind Drew Brees in New Orleans if needed he could play well enough often enough given a good supporting cast to make a run at the postseason I'll even buy Jacoby Brissett former NC State star is now Andrew Luck's backup in Indianapolis and given the way his career has gone meaning Lux uh, you, you never know when you're going to need a backup for a guy who's missed an entire NFL season because of health issues. I might buy the Colts as well. Some of these question, answers that you're giving me, I don't, I don't have a problem with the backup quarterback. Like, I like Daniel Jones of Duke with the New York Giants. I don't know if the Giants are good enough to make the playoffs, whether it's Eli Manning, the starter, or Daniel Jones, the rookie backup. So in some cases, I object because of the team more than the player. And some of you are getting creative as we come back to your calls. You're, you're picking teams where the starter is not that much better than the backup. 
which I respect. But, like, for example, the Miami Dolphins. Whoever starts Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, the bat, <laughs> the starter will be considered a bottom quarter of the NFL starter, but the backup will be considered a top quarter of the NFL backup. You see what I mean? The Dolphins' starting QB will be below average regardless of which guy it is. But their backup QB will be above average regardless of which guy it is. And there are a couple of examples around that uh, of that around the league. Some believe that at Tennessee, the gap between Marcus Mariota and his new backup, Ryan Tannehill, is not that huge. I don't know if I'd buy that one or even the Titans as an automatic playoff team. 1-800-849-2761. More of your calls on that. More best of Mike Leach the creative, eccentric Washington State College football coach. His wedding advice for you is coming shortly. Right now, it's Dan in Chapel Hill. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing uh, great, man. What's on your mind? Oh, um, so yeah, my question is about who do you think is the best, most, well, yeah, the best college football team in the state this year? And I don't mean... Who's gonna? Who's poised to have the best season or the most success or the best record? Yeah, I that, mean, like, got it. Bra- yeah, bracketed out. ECU, Charlotte, App, Carolina yeah. State, Wake, Duke. Bracketed out. That would be fun, actually. Can we find a sponsor for that and make it happen? We'll give Dan and Chapel Hill a little credit. Um, oh, it's tricky. And for those who want to win bar bets, by the way. The answer is almost always a school in our state from outside the biggest conference. In other words, when you're asked the most wins, Dan is not asking that. But when you're asked the most wins question and, and somebody's wheels start turning and they're not sure, maybe the Wolfpack because Dave Doran goes to a bowl every year, maybe Dave Clawson of Wake Forest, maybe Coach Cut has another good team. Who knows what Mac Brown does in his debut part two in Chapel Hill. The most wins answer always comes from outside the ACC. It's either an app state in double-digit wins, you know, winning the Sun Belt again, or it's a North Carolina A&T superpower in the FCS ranks, double-digit win total virtually every single year. Occasionally, it's an NC Central breaking through or somebody else. So I'm glad you clarified that. This is probably not the most common answer you're going to get, but I actually believe Wake Forest has a chance, a great chance to be the best team in our state this year. And I don't think there's a huge gap, for example, between the four ACC teams and somebody like App State right now. In some years, there is a big gap. And frankly, the Mountaineers have had some chances over the years come close at times. We were there at that Wake App game and gotten just demolished and other chances to prove, you know, that they can really play with the big boys. Same with ECU. Sometimes they win the game. Sometimes they get demolished in their first year under uh, Mike Houston. I don't think the Pirates are a real candidate for this question. So take the Pirates out right away. Uh, I don't think App State is the best team by your question standard. I'd take the Tar Heels out of the running right away. They have a shot at making a bowl, but anybody who thinks they're going to be great this year is looking at a different world than I'm looking uh, with Daniel Jones gone at Duke, I kind of, you know, questioned the Blue Devils' ability to be the best team in the state. And, you know, I'm building up to it's not only what I do like about Wake Forest, it's what I'm skeptical about elsewhere. You see what I mean? Like Carolina is starting a true freshman at quarterback behind a really scary offensive line. They have one really good offensive lineman. Charlie Heck is the son of a former NFL offensive lineman, and he's an all-ACC caliber tackle. The other guys, 
your guess is as good as mine. And they got a block for a true freshman starter. Now, he's talented, but if you have that many questions on the offensive line and nothing but youth at quarterback, that's an uphill battle. I mean, to me, the bowl should be the goal, meaning scratch, claw, win your close games, try to stay healthy, maybe get to six wins. That, that should be Carolina's goal, not in the long run. Mac Brown's recruiting well, and that, that should turn around, but not in year one. State hasn't even announced its quarterback yet. We're not sure if it's going to be a strength, a weakness, or in between. You know what? You know how you can sum up Dave Doran's entire Raleigh tenure? In the years where he has a future NFL quarterback starting, he goes to a bowl. And in the years where he doesn't, he falls flat on his face. That's the summary. It was either Jacoby Brissett or Ryan Finley, five years in a row, and you go to five straight bowls. And you have, you know, seven, eight, nine wins. The one year you did not have the answer at the most important position on the field was the only egg he laid. Now, there were other problems his first year there, but it's not all about quarterback, but, man, it's largely about quarterback. And you can't at Duke expect fifth-year senior Quentin Harrison, his first chance to start full-time, to be anything like number six overall NFL pick Daniel Jones. You just can't. It's not reasonable. Duke has a good defense, but to me their offense is a guessing game, even under offensive guru David Cutcliffe. It's a guessing game. So – to me, the smart money is on Wake Forest. They have not only one quarterback they like, Jamie Newman, a junior. They love his backup. Sam Hartman started nine games last year before he got hurt, and he's running number two. So Dave Clawson's won everywhere he's gone. After a couple of poor years in Winston, he's done nothing but win and not only go to bowl games three years in a row, but win all three bowl games. You want to talk about a hidden gem, man. You know, you mentioned a bracket-style playoff. That would be fun. How about a bracket-style who's the better coach across the country? Who does more with less? Now, I'm not going to tell anybody that Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney are not the where the bar is set. They are. And it's partly because they're brilliant, and it's partly because they have NFL talent everywhere they look. The brilliance of a head coach is – when put together with that much talent, now you're talking national championship contender. But there are all sorts of brilliant coaches who may coach at schools where you can't get the prep All-Americans in academically as often, right? Dave Clawson, look at his track record, man. More with less everywhere he's ever gone. There are coaches that leave you skeptical. Hey, they have pretty good talent, but will that guy get them over the top? And then there are coaches where you say, hey, in the year where he has quarterbacks and he has experience, that guy's going to figure out a way to have a good season. Now, to be clear, do I believe they're going to challenge Clemson at the top of the ACC Atlantic Division? No, I do not believe that. However, I believe they have a chance absolutely at, you know, eight or nine wins and a fourth straight bowl and maybe even a fourth straight bowl win. They have a good running back. They have two good quarterbacks. They have a heck of a coach and coaching staff. They changed coordinators last year, right, midseason when defense was a train wreck. They tweaked the staff. They got the guys that they wanted. Dave Clawson identified that problem, stomped it out like a little you know, forest fire at his feet, and the next thing you know, the Deacons are playing better defense again. It's a really, 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 really well-run program. And I talked to Jim Grobe, their legendary coach not long ago, who's now retired, and I mean loving retirement at his lake house in Georgia. He, he's, he's a fun guy, man. 
There are times he wants to get off the phone quickly when you talk to him because some party's happening, like he's getting together with his boys. And there are other times you can tell he's got nothing going on. Coach Grove will talk your ear off now. Coach, I only, told, I only called you for this, like, one quote for this one article. Great to hear everybody's doing well. You know, he's, he's describing the scene at the lake and the, the party that he went to with his buddies. I got to go, man. I got a wife and two kids and a show I got to prepare for. I got to go. Anyway, he was talking about that magical year where the Deeks won the ACC title. You know, we, we've been playing ACC football for 67 years, and I'd have to double-check this, but I believe Wake has, like, two titles and only one in my memory, and it was 06 under Jim Grobe. And you know what he had? A quality veteran quarterback and a whole lot of juniors, seniors, and fifth-year seniors. You know what Dave Clawson has? Two quality quarterbacks and a whole lot of experience. Now, does it turn into a magical ACC title? I don't think so. That would be putting the bar in a ridiculously high place, given that one of your neighbors in your own division is the Clemson Tigers. They're in a different stratosphere, not only the Wake, but the other 13 teams in the ACC. But take a look at their roster, man. There there are a lot of really good players. They're going to have a stable at worst, great at best, quarterback situation. Cade Carney is a really, really good veteran running back for them. They're going to miss Greg Dortch as a playmaker, but they're good, man, and they're well coached. You see what they did last year at State and at Duke? You can't, Darren, we were at one of those two games. Nobody will ever be able to tell me Wake had a lot more talent than State. I I was there. I saw it. I I talked to NFL scouts all the time. You can't even say Wake had more talent, much less a lot more talent. And what happened? Wake mopped the floor with State at times during that game. Wake annihilated Duke. I mean, David Cutcliffe's a great coach, and we all know it. Dave Clawson took the Deeks in there with, I don't think there was a gargantuan advantage in talent. No significant advantage in talent mops the floor with the Blue Devils and goes to Carter Finley and maybe not mops the floor, but, you know, it's a solid win over the Wolfpack. That guy's special, man, and he loves Wake, and Wake loves him. And, you know, it's, it's an educated guessing game. I think we all know that. But I can't see the best team in our state being ECU, Duke, or Carolina. I just can't see that happening. Dave Doran's Wolfpack deserves respect for how consistently they've won lately. And even that player improvement culture, there's no doubt about it. He's had so many examples of a guy arriving with little to no fanfare and sometimes even changing positions or bulking up 30 pounds. And, you know, this former tight end is now drafted as an offensive lineman. And this former safety is now drafted as a linebacker in the NFL. I mean, that's player development. That matters. And so does nine wins a year matter. And so does five straight bowl games matter. They deserve respect and consideration, as does App State, even after a coaching change. But I can't go, fo- I can't go too far down the road of App's record is going to be better than the ACC schools in all likelihood. Whether they're, you know, their best chance to prove how good they are against the ACC this year is, you know, they're on an ACC schedule. And they're actually on the schedule of a team that is probably the weakest of the four ACC schools this year. Again, Mac is turning it around, man. Something is coming. But he went 1-10 his first two years at Carolina when he didn't have any talent way back in the late 1980s. Then he recruited well, recruited well, recruited well, and had eight straight winning seasons. And by the end, two straight top 10 teams, two of the best in in, uh, UNC football history, two of the better teams in modern ACC history outside of the national champions at places like Florida State and Clemson. September 21st, 
Appalachian State against UNC. You know, Mac briefly coached at App way, way back in the day. The Tar Heels against the Mountaineers. App State probably will have the best record of the seven FBS teams in our state. They may win the Sun Belt again. To be the best team, to be shown as the best team, you got to not only beat the Tar Heels, you got to beat up the Tar Heels. You got to convincingly beat Carolina. We'll see how that happens. We have another month to contemplate that possibility. 1 800 849 2761. Tyler wants to direct us back to the NFL. You can steer us elsewhere. Mike Leach, super coach, eccentric guy, great interview, friend of the David Glenn Show. He has wedding advice for you. As we continue to drop in audio tidbits, courtesy of intern Will, when we saw the Cats rant this week, we dug out others on cargo shorts, dating advice, and perhaps my favorite, wedding advice. If you're contemplating matrimony or perhaps you have a ceremony coming up or someone you care about does, you're not going to want to miss Mike Leach's wedding advice. Your phone calls free-for-all Friday style. Special guest. Bryce Johnson, former UNC star and NBA player. He's going to drop by next hour. You can be in front of Bryce Johnson on the DG Show guest list by calling 1-800-849-2761. Next. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, and then we'll get back to your calls. We are halfway to Margaritaville. It is our one and only show each week, Free For All Friday, where we have fewer guests and more calls. Since we went statewide and beyond many years ago, it is harder to get in. The waits are longer. We make it easier for you on Fridays to steer the ship, ask your question, file your complaint, make your prediction. If you're tired of our NFL or college football talk or other things from today, you can take us in a different direction on the week that was or the weekend to come. Or you can just get something off your chest that's been burning a hole in your sports soul, question, comment, or otherwise, 1-800-849-2761. The highlights of the weekend as we head in, Tyler in Raleigh will be the next phone call. You can follow at 1-800-849-2761. Miami against Florida in the college football regular season opener is worth watching for a variety of reasons. Manny Diaz is the new head coach of the Hurricanes. He was unbelievably successful as the Canes defensive coordinator. And when Mark Rick decided to retire slash jump into the ACC network broadcasting booth, Manny Diaz actually was briefly hired at Temple because he didn't know Mark Richt was leaving. And then Mark Richt left, and then Miami called and said, hey, uh, how'd you like your head coaching opportunity to be here instead? So he had to bail on the Owls, took the Miami job. He has lots of talent back on defense. Now, Florida is ranked number eight in the country. Dan Mullen has had, of course, longer as a head coach to build that program. And the Gators have all sorts of NFL caliber talent on defense. Last I saw, and I'm not a gambler personally myself very often, but the Gators are a seven-point favorite over the Canes as those two get together tomorrow night on ESPN in Orlando. If you're looking through the eyes of an NFL fan, just on the Miami side, which I know better as the guy who created ACCSports.com 25 years ago, three starting front seven guys on that Manny Diaz Miami defense 
could be first-team All-ACC players and might be high NFL draft picks. Shaq Quarterman is a draft-eligible linebacker. Michael Pinckney is another senior draft-eligible linebacker. And a defensive end named Jonathan Garvin fits that description as well. He's only a junior. If you like return men, they have a guy named DJ Dallas and another guy named Jeff Thomas, big-time playmakers. Jeff Thomas was going to transfer away from Miami. And then after the coaching change, he reconsidered, decided to stay. He's been a little bit of an inconsistent personality, but he's an amazing talent. So Miami is not the five-time national champion Miami in terms of the stacked cupboard, you know, they wear, the way they were when Butch Davis was their head coach and handed a national title team to Larry Coker, who went and won the national title. This is not your Dennis Erickson, Jimmy Johnson, Howard Schnellenberger Hurricanes. However, they have a lot of NFL talent on defense, it's just a matter of what happens offensively. Does a redshirt freshman quarterback, Jaron Williams, is he ready to be thrown into the fire against the number eight team in the country? The Gators actually are loaded on defense. This might not be very pretty football. Both teams have better defenses than offenses. Both teams have more answers on defense than they have on offense. And it's early in the season where usually there's not quite as much smoothness of offensive execution that you might get after more weeks and weeks of practice. So Canes are the underdog. Will they win? Probably not. Could they win? I think so. They would just need big plays on special teams, and they would need their defense to create turnovers and give this young quarterback a short field. He does have some weapons to work with, but as I was describing with the true freshman, Sam Howell at Carolina, playing behind a your guess is as good as mine offensive line, Miami has that same situation. It is one of the scariest equations in college football. Brand new freshman quarterback behind a shaky offensive line. Good luck. It's just, it's just not easy. It could happen, could work out well, but it usually does not work out very well, not at least during that quarterback's freshman season. Other things worth watching as we come to Tyler and you, 1-800-849-2761. Remember, the Winston-Salem Open comes down the stretch, the tennis event at Wake Forest University. The Tour Championship is in round two as we speak. $15 million check goes to the grand prize winner there. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Xander Schofley, the three Americans, entered today's second round as the leaders there. I would try to talk you into the value of watching more preseason football, but I think we all know that that is not the case. I will say that week three, you see more starters, but for reasons we probably don't need to remind you, given Cam Newton's mildly sprained left foot, this is the week where you see something closer to the personnel that you see in the regular season, but it's still just a night and day difference thing, and it's even more coaches are going to be scared to play their front guys and they're going to hold them off until those regular season openers in early September. Tyler, welcome to Free For All Friday. We'll get the best of Mike Leach. His advice for you on weddings coming shortly. Tyler, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. What's up, David? Hope you're having a good Friday, buddy. Doing great, man. What's on your mind? I was just a little perturbed last night watching the game. I mean, I I, I know it's preseason, but I just uh, there was a couple things I wanted to see. I wanted to see Cam throw the ball deep and just give it a shot to DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. He ended up getting injured, um, and then you know Luke Keekley had a little wrist injury, uh, and then I, I just kind of don't feel very uh, don't feel like they're hardly reliable in the sense of they're very injury prone, and I just uh, feel like we're kind of a shell of our. Super Bowl team uh 
I just kind of wondered your thoughts if we were even a playoff team in your eyes. Also, if our coaching staff is kind of coaches of yesteryear. Yeah, I still think if they stay healthy, they're a playoff caliber team. Uh, but that's a big asterisk, right? If you, if as you say, guys who have been injured in the past become injured again. Luke Keekley had head injuries in the past. Cam Newton, all sorts of injuries and another uh, surgery this offseason. That changes the dynamic. I think the Panthers are the classic example of a team where if you win your close games and stay healthy, you could be ten and six. And if you lose your close games and have a lot of key injuries, you can be six and ten. I mean, they're the classic NFL example of that. The reason I don't feel as, I don't know if panicky is the right word for Tyler's voice there. I don't feel quite as pessimistic. We just haven't seen much of the best players the Panthers have to offer. We didn't see any of five or six key guys until last night. And Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, and Cam Newton if you listed the Panthers players from 1 through 53 in terms of their value, those would all be top 10 guys. And they didn't play at all till last night, and they only played a little bit last night. So you can get a misread when you see your favorite team post a 1-2 and two record in the postseason. It's, it's never, you know, people have studied this thing. There, there's no correlation between preseason success and regular season success. Why? Because half the guys you're using in these games, you know, almost half of them aren't even going to make the roster. On August 31st, we're going to see 37 men per team sent to the either the waiver wire or in a smaller number of cases to the practice squad. It's just we're not watching real NFL football. We're watching a watered-down version with mostly second and third teamers. And, you know, it's first teamers that decide whether you finish first or fourth in the NFC South or somewhere in between. So I, I see your red flags. I'm just not ready to, to reach for the panic button just yet. All right, as promised, Mike Leach, his advice and pearls of wisdom on cats and cargo shorts we've already given you, his best wedding advice after a question recently posed by the media. Here's Mike Leach, Washington State head football coach, longtime friend of the David Glenn Show, last year's National Coach of the Year, 11-2 and two at a school where it's really hard to win. Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and for some, the National Coach of the Year. That Mike Leach on wedding advice. Well, it's, so it's too late to rescue you. You should have come to me sooner. You, you have to stay out of the way. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. <laughs> yeah. Your mother-in-law is going to lo- lose her mind. <laughs> yeah. Your mom is going to lose her mind. True, true, true. They're going to barrage you with constant questions. Also true. What should we wear? True. I don't care. True. What color should the invitations be? True. I don't care. True. What should we have for dessert? I don't care. Also my answer. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. Also true. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. Also true. Well, I want you to be a part of this, too. Uh, so what color invitations? All right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like the tan ones. Yeah. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, you want this so over. You're not true. even thinking about it. Which this is so true. true. Well, uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry <laughs> shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth. So you need to work late, go in the back room and read a lot of books. <laughs> you have to go uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. 
Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. But um, <laughs> you need to find excuses that they'll buy to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. <laughs> I would agree with almost every word there from Mike Leach, except for in the end, you'd wish you eloped. My, my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, in the end might have wished that she eloped. That was actually her original preference. I was the rare groom who had to talk my wife into a traditional wedding. Long story short, why? The Glenn family loves traditional weddings. So when I proposed to Maria in Wrightsville Beach or Wilmington, North Carolina, and started thinking about a wedding, well, I was just like, well, everybody I know has like a traditional wedding. I hadn't really thought about the alternative. I don't have anything against it. I'm a to-each-his-own, to-each-her-own kind of person. The lovely and talented Maria, to my surprise at the beginning, not so much a surprise later, would have been happy to elope. Her father had died, and he was not going to be there on her wedding day, and lots of daughters and their dads, and that's an extra emotional day. If he's not there, et cetera, if you're dreaming about what it would be like if he was there. And I, of course, took that into consideration, but I'm just like, you know, well, well, Glens have weddings. Like, that's what we do. That's how we get together. All my northern relatives were dying to come to the beautiful North Carolina beaches. It was like, oh, Dave and Marie are getting married, and that's kind of cool. But, oh, vacation at the Carolina coast. We'll play some golf. We'll have some fun. I picked a date in early May. Man, it was awesome. I think they came a little because they love us, but I think they came, you know, maybe as much or more because it was a reason to have a family vacation from the colder north <laughs> to the beautiful beaches of North Carolina. Isn't that what the weddings are anyway? It's just a big party, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, more, it's a more expensive party, and but Glens, really you're just paying for some sort of reunion. And of the sorts. Glens go crazy. Right. I mean, <laughs> at, our, at our weddings, the receptions have been at times like dance on the table legendary. It's it's bring your party hats and buckle your seatbelt because it might be a wild one. And I didn't want to give up that opportunity, although I will tell you, as the groom, you're on a shorter leash than maybe as a groomsman or a best man. I mean, like what you do, you you give a good speech. You know, you make sure the groom gets there on time as the best man. Certainly, if you bring a little tears to people's eyes during the speech, and I've been known to deliver a few of those, Darren. I don't, I don't right, think I've, I've heard. I don't think I've whiffed yet in that capacity. I don't know if I have any more such speeches coming my way. But you can be mostly a goofball chasing uh, the bridesmaids. Yeah, I'm assuming you're single. If one of you is responsible for a ring or rings, yep, can't lose that's those. That's a big one. That's a big one. Get the guy there on time. Don't lose the ring. Uh, give a good speech. You know, you don't want to cause a problem no reason to call security or law enforcement but below that bar i think you pretty much have free reign unless you're the groom which might make you think that i totally agree with mike leach i don't i'm glad we had a traditional wedding i'm glad we didn't elope but i do agree with virtually every other word that he said back after this Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. An NFL preseason game was played last night on a shortened 80-yard field because of unsafe turf conditions in both end zones. Did you know an NFL champion was once determined on a shortened field? 
that story and more of your free-for-all Friday phone calls. Bryce Johnson still to come on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour of sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.